Hello. At CD Media, we are literally the tip of the spear. From Ukraine to the vaccine to Brazil, we've been at the tip of the spear on all these stories early. So if you want to know what's going on in the world early, before the rest of the news catches up, watch CD Media. But you know what? We have to make money. So we do have ads on the sites. But I know people don't like pop-up ads. They don't like ads. It's a problem. I mean, you get them on your phone, et cetera. If you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no ad subscription, which is a few bucks a month. You get access to all of our sites, not just CD Media, but the Manhattan, the Miami Independent, the Connecticut Sentinel, the Georgia Record, Armed Forces Press, Tsarism overseas in Eastern Europe, and CDM Espanol if you speak Spanish. So all of these sites are available with no ads. So sign up for our no ad subscription. You can find it on the websites. There's a pop-up and also in the top menu. And, and pay us a few bucks a month. Support free media. Support your children's future. Support the fight against the corrupt media narrative. Thank you very much. And now let's get to our guest. Welcome to the last episode of the Georgia 2022 show, because next year it will be the Georgia 23 show. We are brought to you by the Georgia Record. Uh, very interesting show today. Thank you for joining us on Christmas Day. This is a pre-tape, but we spoke with David Clemens, uh, David Clemens, Professor Clemens, earlier in the week on the Curling versus Raffensburger case and his uh, dealings with some depositions. I think you'll find that interview fascinating. And also we have a Christmas special from Voter GA with Garland Favorito, an update on the, again, the curling versus Raffensperger uh, standing issue, but also some funny and Merry Christmas uh, tidings. So with that, uh, let's move on to our guest, uh, David Clemens, and then we'll wrap up with Garland. And then we'll finish with a four minute or three minute video from Voter GA on the 12 days of Christmas. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next year. Welcome to the show, David. Uh, we're in a cafe. I'm on the road traveling, so I had to find Wi-Fi. So if it gets a little loud, I'll mute my mic. But uh, I saw a, dep or a, a, tw a text you did on Telegram on your professor's record channel about a deposition you recently did for the Curling versus Raffensperger case. And we've been really in-depth into that case for two years here on the Georgia 22 show, and also Chinese influence in North Atlanta. We had one of our reporters who was actually targeted. They traced it back to Tiananmen Square, threaten, you know, threats, that type of thing, following her children around, et cetera. So tell us about the deposition, please. Yeah, so I, I represented Jeff Lenberg, who um, many people know as the leading nation state vulnerability expert who's been able to access uh, the physical machines, tabulators, ESNS mm -hmm. Dominion. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that we did when we prepared for the deposition was we noticed that Morrison Forster is one of the law firms. And in fact, it was David Cross, the attorney that was basically setting up these, these depositions. This was an eight hour long deposition. Well, Morrison Forster has offices throughout China, you know, whether it's Hong Kong, Shanghai, you name it. And when you start examining their, their partner structure, you'll find out that many of the partners within Morrison Forster in those offices are members of the Communist Chinese Party. And so you can look at their schooling, you can look where they're from, 
And so it's one of those things where you start looking at what's going on with Connick, with with uh, some of the subversion there. But the fact that you've got resources um, that are being allocated from these law firms to subject people like Jeff Lemberg to an eight-hour deposition where they're feverishly trying to create out of thin air a tie to Donald Trump. This is all this all goes back to Donald Trump um, was basically our experience. And so the, the questions were very, very prodding. They wanted to basically create a counter narrative in Coffee County. If you recall, Misty Hampton was one of the brave whistleblowers that came out early and had a viral video of just how easy it was to subvert the Dominion machines. And uh, it was clear to her that there was remote access capability. And so people like Jeff Lemberg actually assisted her to figure out whether or not this was, in fact, a, a remote access issue. They believe that it was. Mm-hmm. And because of her, her bravery, uh, she's basically been you know, terminated, subjected to all kinds of scrutiny. And every expert that was peeling back the layers in Coffee County, Georgia, um, has been the, the target of the Morrison Forrester machine. And also the Secretary of State has sent, you know, armed guards down there, all kind of things. You know, we did some uh, FOIA requests or open records requests in Georgia for uh, some connections circumstantially to the CCP with Raffensperger, and they came back 90% redacted. I mean, complete like black pages. So, you know, we spent a thousand bucks for a bunch of black pages. But tell us about the curling case. Do you think, uh, I know that Garland has said they're back in court because for our audience sake in 2020 in October, Judge Totenberg ruled the machines were illegal, but then did give, didn't get any relief because it was so close to the election. And there's been no relief since. So do you have an update on where that stands? Well, I don't. Judge Totenberg basically said it's not a question of, of whether these machines can subvert elections. It was basically when, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, But you fast forward, you had the Supreme Court ruling that says standing was not applied the right way, so we're going to let people come back and you know, renew their cases or, or resume those cases. The problem is that I foresee is that the statute of limitations on preservation of much of the evidence lapsed this past September. So yeah. unless there was some preservation in those cases that Alvarado was involved in, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to examine the evidence. So the timing is curious. It seems like it favors once again the establishment, but I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, out of 2022, perhaps we can you know, look at look look at the fraud that just occurred this past yeah. November in Georgia yeah. no and kidding. use that Supreme Court ruling. That's what I'm hopeful of. So let's switch gears a, a bit to the Carrie Lake case. I mean, what do you what are your thoughts? Give you you're an expert, you've been down there. What, what do you what do you think of the trial? Um I, I think that Kurt Olson and the team did a very competent job. I think that they were limited quite a bit by the judge. You had 10 counts stripped down to two counts. Mm-hmm. One of the really, really important counts was signature verification, and the mm-hmm. judge limited that. I think he limited that because Mark Burnovich effectively dropped the ball on any investigation on that. And that's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an uphill battle, uh, not because the evidence isn't there. It's just that it's very, very confusing for the the average day American to understand the significance of skewed images being put on incorrectly sized ballots and and chain of custody arguments. Uh, While this is the norm in a court of law and it's important, it doesn't have that kind of massive appeal that like a 2000 mules does. So if the judge is doing the right job, he's looking at the threshold of a, an alleged 
uh, victory of 17,000 votes. You've got 293,000 ballots that don't appear to have a proper chain of custody. You had absolute evidence provided of machine malfunctioning. And it looked like the only way that you could have those machines malfunction the way that they did is if you had administrator privileges and you had the intent to go and reconfigure those machines to do exactly what they did on election day. Um, so that shows me that it wasn't just three locations. It was 70 locations that we've documented. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think you've got enough evidence provided to show requisite intent that these were not mere honest mistakes on election day. And the, the case, I believe it's the Moore decision, Arizona, outlines what the standard is. I think that the Lake team met the standard in spite of the fact that the judge put a lot of limitations on their team. That's that's my sense. So a lot of questions have come to us. Yes, some most of the counts were, were dismissed or not allowed to move forward. Can they appeal that decision? Uh, you know, just the counts that were just not allowed to go to trial? Um, how, how does that work legally? Well, usually what you're looking for is uh, legal error. And uh -huh. so there's certain things that you could appeal like, uh, you know, where you feel like the trial court abused their discretion. So you've got this mm -hmm. thing called an abuse of discretion standard. Um, usually the appeal courts will give the trial court judges wide, wide uh, strike zones right. on what their discretion is. Um, so one of the things that I was hoping they, they would have done is not withdrawn the subpoena for Katie Hobbs testimony. Mm -hmm. I, I think uh, they should have made the judge issue a ruling that you couldn't hear from her and then preserve that for appeal if necessary. And you want to have everyone that has their hands in the cookie jar Interesting. take the stand because you're never yeah. going to have another opportunity to get Cubs on the stand. So I think yeah. there's some lost opportunities for sure. But um, mm. all in all, yeah, you're looking for legal error, though, for sure. What do you, When do you think the ruling will come? Do you have any idea? I expect it to come out today. Mm. Um, I, I know that the judge had, I think, a five-day window. Mm -hmm. um, I don't expect him to you know, drop this on Christmas Day. I think if you've got a clerk and you understand how court staffs work, you pretty much have your mind made up before the trial. You'll have your findings of fact. And he's basically incorporating what he heard. If he's honest, he'll give you know, a, a complete um, you know, hearing to the evidence presented by Team Lake. Mm -hmm. And if he is corrupt, you're going to see a cherry picking of the record to basically put into his order. Um, I'm, I'm a little cynical. I would love to be proven wrong, but I think we're going to hear from him today. And, you know, many people are saying that there was admission of multiple counts of breaking the law. Is that what you're saying? He'll just ignore those and then really kind of cherry pick what he heard during the trial? Well, you're looking at certain election uh, code violations, and this is mm -hmm. a civil trial. So, um, you know, I need to remind people that don't conflate standards. This isn't a criminal trial. You don't have to carry the day by beyond a reasonable doubt. It's a preponderance of evidence standard. So it's just more likely than not. So if you've got a 51% conviction that what you saw on election day was a cluster cuss, and it was, mm -hmm. then the, the court has all of the evidence he needs on that low standard to make a decision in favor of Team Lake. The question is, will he do it? Yeah. David, thanks for your time. I know you're... <laughs> Extremely busy traveling around. Thanks a lot. Appreciate Anytime, you coming. Anytime, Tom. Take, Take care. care. Bye. So I had to, the chance to sit down with our good friend, Garland Favorito. Merry Christmas to all. He's got a Christmas message for us today. I'm going to bring him in a second.
but we were giving a very favorable ruling in the Georgia Supreme Court. We got standing. It is a wonderful Christmas present. He sent us this Christmas card. So I'm going to bring Garland on now. Hello, my friend. Todd, Merry Christmas. Merry so Christmas you to and, you. Yeah, we have a nice Christmas present for all your listeners uh, throughout the country. I think I'm, we're really excited about this ruling that came down from the Georgia Supreme Court uh, on the day of our voter GA Christmas party, in fact. Wow. So this is an amazing event and an amazing occurrence. We'll talk about that afterwards. But let me play a short video you sent me and uh, to kind of set the tone. Yeah. But oh, so, Todd, let me just set this up a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. We, sure. So so um, so on Tuesday, the Georgia Supreme Court ruled that we had standing and um, uh, for the Fulton County counterfeit ballot case. So just to give you the, some of the listeners may have forgotten about this case because it's been two years mm-hmm. and two years ago, December 23rd, 2020, Todd Harding, our attorney, filed a lawsuit. Uh, and uh, we claimed that there were counterfeit ballots in the Fulton County audit. And that was based on four sworn affidavits from senior poll managers who said that they handled the ballots during the audit. Uh, That's enough right there. Um, But then you also had the State Farm Arena video on top of that, which showed four or five violations of Georgia law that uh, they're still denying. And so we filed this lawsuit then we wanted to see the ballots. We said that there was, this was a ballot stuffing case and the ballot stuffing case uh, basically uh, violated our equal protection and due process rights to free and fair elections, our constitutional rights. And that was the claim both uh, from the state and federal perspective. So we were doing great. The, every time we went to court, we would win something. The judge would give us uh, a protective order on the ballots immediately. He uh, basically gave us the ballot images, which we found out later that were electronically altered before Fulton County certified the results. He gave us, um, uh, he, uh, he beat back a motion to dismiss. He rejected that. And everything was going really well for us. He even finally got to, the, to, to issue the order for to inspect the ballots. So we were that close. And then suddenly Fulton County went out and hired criminal defense attorneys just to prevent us from seeing the ballots. What does that tell you? Yeah. Probably a lot. And uh, then suddenly the judge turns around and he claims that we don't have standing. Now, I've been saying, I know I've said it on your show a couple of times, that Mm -hmm. we have had standing all along. That was such an egregious ruling because it violated all of the United States Supreme Court precedents dating back over 100 years, and it violated all of the Georgia uh, precedents uh, since the inception of the state in 1788. And uh, everybody has always had standing to challenge an election official when they, or, or any official if they violate the law. So never, that's how it was such an egregious decision because it, they, what he did, he cherry-picked an 11th Circuit Lynn Wood ruling and tried to apply it to our case. Yeah. Uh, and the, even that case, uh, you know, there's a violation of the Supreme Court, uh, 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 both the U.S. Supreme Court and state uh, uh, law. So um, it, it was just, uh, uh, I think, one of the most serious voting rights violations in the history of 
our country because we have waited two years to see counterfeit ballots that we know exist in the Fulton County uh, count, unless there's been tampering. Well, we'll talk about that after the video. <laughs> okay. So, so, so that's just the setup. I wanted to set the video up a little bit for you. Uh, so that you, so that the folks know what the background of the case is, the Georgia uh, Supreme Court then we appealed that ruling. It went to the Court of Appeals. We cited all the precedents in Georgia and all the precedents in the United States Supreme Court history, and the Court of Appeals just ignored everything that we had written, all of our citations, and just said we uphold the lower court decision. So we appealed to the Georgia Supreme Court. Georgia Supreme Court uh, just ruled in our favor. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that uh, after after we uh, show the, the, the video. And just for our audience sake, I am still on the road and at a cafe because I couldn't find good Wi-Fi to do this show, obviously not in the studio. So any noises, uh, please forgive us. I'm gonna hit mute my mic and I'm gonna run this video. Two minutes from Georgia Voter GA. A Christmas story from Voter GA. Twas five days before Christmas when all through the land, Georgians were waiting to see where they stand. Our standing had been hung by a judgment unfair. We hoped the Supreme Court soon would be there. When what to our wondering eyes should appear, but this short important letter we now hold so dear. As I removed the ribbon and unrolled the scroll, imagine the happiness that entered this old soul. My eyes had a twinkle when I finished my read. Our standing had been recognized. It felt wonderful to succeed. We'll return to the lower court with our standing intact. The judge shall be instructed to abide by that fact. So great joy to our team. We work for truth and light. A Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. December 20, 2022, the Honorable Supreme Court met pursuant to adjournment. The following order was passed. Garland Favorito et al. v. Alex Wong et al. The petition for cert is granted. The judgment is vacated and the case is remanded to the Court of Appeals for reconsideration in light of Sons of Confederate Veterans v. Henry County Board of Commissioners. The petitioner's motion to expedite consideration of the petition for sir is dismissed as moved. All the justices concur in the Georgia Supreme Court except Justice Pinson, who was disqualified for ruling against us in the Georgia Court of Appeals. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. So uh, talk to me about what's going to happen now, my friend. We're going to go back to the court and... Yes. The, the first step is to go back to the Court of Appeals, uh, and then they will have, be forced to overturn their decision and send it back to Judge Amaro. Judge Amaro will have no more excuses to uh, prevent us from having discovery in the case. And then the case should move forward. 
immediately the first thing in discovery is to look at those ballots. So we should be able to get a high resolution copy of the ballots, which is what we've always you know, been asking for. Um, and uh, I'm, so that's pretty much the way that it's going to happen. Um, what's interesting about this, I, I got to give my hats uh, uh, off to Todd Harding, our attorney. Uh, he filed this brief and the brief, um, there's different arguments you can make. You can make the argument that no standing is required, which you know, a couple of plaintiffs made. And you can make the argument that uh, standing uh, is we all had all along. So Todd chose that that argument, that argument carried the day with the Georgia Supreme Court. Uh, and we, it, it benefited all the plaintiffs, uh, but, you know, both groups of plaintiffs. So uh, grateful to him. But what's interesting about this, too, is he told us you need to watch the Sons of Confederate Veterans case. And I think you showed that on the Christmas card earlier, uh, that the that was the case in which the Supreme Court ruled just about a month before they overturned our case. Uh, and they ruled that citizens, residents and taxpayers have standing to challenge officials or agencies who violate the law. And what was really exciting about that was when, when they, they extended that on page 50, they extended that to voters. And they said voters are community stakeholders as well. And the, uh, they also have standing just like citizens, residents and taxpayers. So that's when we knew things were gonna go our way with the Georgia Supreme Court about a month ago. So it was really exciting. Yeah, to, to have that um, happen. So, uh, you know, Todd had told us all along, keep your eye on the Sons of Confederate Veterans case, because that had been working its way through the courts, just like ours, uh, for uh, uh, over a year. So now let's talk about the ballots. You, they're supposed to have been under seal. Do you think they still exist? Uh, great question. Uh, we have put in motions to preserve in all uh, levels of the courts. Uh, mm -hmm. We literally, uh, you know, the, the Georgia Supreme Court basically is saying that it's moot now. They've already ruled in our favor. Mm -hmm. uh, the Court of Appeals, we've already had a motion to preserve there. Uh, of course, Judge Amaro had granted our motion to preserve originally, uh, then said he didn't have jurisdiction to continue it while the uh, case was under appeal. And the uh, appeals court just kicked it back to them and said, uh, they said, after he said he didn't have jurisdiction, they said that he did. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, again, they're point, finger pointing at each other, kicking the can down the road. But basically, we have uh, pending motions, I believe, at both the Georgia Court of Appeals and with Judge Merrill. So what relief are you? Let's say you get the ballots, you prove that Georgia was stolen in 2020, at least Fulton County. Uh, and let's say there's 40,000 fake ballots in there. What is the relief that your case is seeking? Well, it's, what we're seeking is what we call a declaratory judgment mm -hmm. and a judgment to say that there were X number of thousand of, of counterfeit ballots. And, uh, you know, the margin of victory was 11,779. We, yeah. we, we think that there's more than that uh, in there, uh, but we don't know. And yeah. no, we, we know that there are counterfeit ballots in that Fulton County uh, results, unless there's been tampering. But uh, we don't know how many. So we want the judge to make a declarative statement of how many. And then uh, there's a, a variety of different ways you can go once you get past that milestone. So a little bird told me that the reason Raffensperger was pushing ranked choice voting 
is he's really worried about the Curling versus Raffensburger case and possible outcomes on the QR code issue. Do you know anything about that? I I don't know. I've heard that, uh, but I it's it's only I can only speculate. I so I don't have any uh, evidence or facts to back that up with. Um, but certainly uh, the QR code is a problem because you know we intend to raise that issue everywhere we can. We have still have two lawsuits in which that that issue applies, uh, and it also, by the way, invalidates the contract with Dominion. So, mm -hmm. so he's got some very serious uh, problems to to deal with uh, in regards to that QR code. I know that Colorado tried to remove it. Uh, they they outlawed it and before we did, uh, even before he purchased the machines. And there was some problem. Dominion had a lot of problem trying to implement that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know uh, at this moment whether or not they actually succeeded. Well, Colorado's uh, and, uh, ground zero for the fraud like Georgia, Tina Peterson yes. and all of that. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Anything else our viewers should know, Garland, about uh, about our Christmas present? Um, well, yes. Uh, thank you, Todd, for asking. Um, so this decision was made, and you can see it in the in the actual Christmas card in case you want to show it again. But the decision was made, all United States Supreme Court justices concurred with the decision. And they concurred without a hearing. We never went to court on it. Um, and all of them concurred except for Justice Pinson, who was disqualified because he had ruled in the Georgia Court of Appeals case we think that he actually wrote the, the, the ruling there. And uh, then, of course, he was disqualified from making a ruling on the Georgia uh, Supreme Court uh, case. So, um, uh, so it's, it, you know, this was not a close call. It was a unanimous decision that was confirmed by virtually all the justices. I think even Justice Pinson would have uh, concurred with it, uh, but although he didn't earlier. Uh, so, uh, that's kind of the background on on how they 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 made the decision so you know people have become very cynical about this process and some would say well they waited two years they got what they wanted so now they're bringing the courts back to some kind of legality um yeah there's really nothing we can do about it now and then the election's done and trump's gone and so they're just kind of cleaning up the the dirty laundry what, what do you think well, I think there's some truth to that. I think mm -hmm. that that was a political decision made by the lower court because that mm -hmm. was too hot of a potato for a judge to handle. And the judge basically weaseled out of it with the most one of the most absurd rulings that I think has ever occurred in the history of Georgia. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, it, uh, yeah, I think there's certainly truth to that. But. The, you know, we're going to get the uh, the truth out there and then we'll let it see where it goes, because, you know, the you know, President Trump's running again. Uh, and, uh, you know, even though this is no longer about him because we just won honest elections in 2024, you know, uh, he's going to benefit from an honest election. Uh, should he you know, be the nominee again? Right. And run again. And run again. Um, so Are you preparing for 24 to? You know, Georgia just, you know, I think Bannon said the other day, you know, Georgia is so corrupt. It's just kind of a lost cause. 
Well, yeah, I know Steve thinks that, but um, you know, of course, I was I had the privilege of being on a show today. Yeah, um, it's not a lost cause. Uh, we're gonna, you know, we we have got thousands of volunteers. Our, our organization has absolutely exploded. Mm -hmm. We were all over 2022 uh, primaries. Mm -hmm. We have two cases uh, um, still going on the 2022 election. We're including a challenge to Brad Raffensperger's primary victory, mm -hmm. which we haven't been to court on that yet, uh, and mm -hmm. we will. Uh, that's going to be a major, major deal. And uh, so uh, we're going to do everything we can to uh, clean up Georgia as best we can for 2024. Thank you very much. You've got a big job ahead of you. Um, how can people help Voter GA? If you're in uh, Kansas and you want to be at the tip of the spear, how do, you, how do they help you, Garland? Yeah, well, and, and in fact, it, it, you know, these are federal elections, so they certainly are, do impact Kansas and every state. So mm. uh, we are, as you know, the nonpartisan nonprofit 501c3. All donations are tax deductible, and I do not take a salary. We are a volunteer organization, so uh, all money goes to the, um, uh, you know, legal funds and, and uh, you know, attorney's fees and that sort of thing. So we want to give uh, everybody a Christmas present again next year. And uh, we'll, we'll need uh, a lot of support because we're going to have to now do this inspection uh, and mm -hmm. we're going we're to need to raise some more funds now. So we're going to close out here with your 12 Days of Christmas video on this Christmas celebration. So thank you for coming on, Garland, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you back soon. Thank you, Todd.